Grace and peace to you from God, our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, as you look back on your life, who have been the people of authority in your life? And how have you viewed them? How do you define authority? When Jesus came to Capernaum and taught in the synagogue, they were amazed because he taught them as one who had authority. And so why do they think that? Is it because of what he said? Up to this point, Jesus really hadn't done anything really spectacular that they would know all about at least. He's been baptized. He was tested in the wilderness by the devil, but only the devil and the angels that attended to him knew what was said. Last week, he called a few disciples. Nothing spectacular about those guys. <laughs> and yet he walks into a church. He starts to teach them the word of God and they are amazed. But they don't know why. But the demons sure do. The demons who are possessing the man also come to the synagogue and say a word. They recognize Jesus as the Holy One of God. Why was that man driven to the synagogue by those demons in the first place? It makes me wonder what was hoped to be achieved by them. Did they think they had any kind of authority just because they identified Jesus? It seems more than a little strange that demons should know Jesus and give witness to him. This kind of testimony could hurt a person more than help. Ever since the Garden of Eden, we have known better than to listen to the devil because the devil is a liar. For this reason, Jesus commanded the demons not to speak about him. Well, how in the world did they know him? They knew him not because of who they were, but because of who Jesus was. True God, the one who has power to destroy them. Some people seem to have some, an air of authority, don't they? And Jesus, yes, he spoke with authority, but his was authority of another kind. Even unclean spirits recognized the authority of Jesus. Even Pilate, when he ordered the sign to be placed above Jesus' head on the cross that read, King of the Jews, maybe he even recognized Jesus' authority. He is in authority because of his relationship with God the Father, the one whose word is life and brings light. That's the way Jesus is and was. Whenever he spoke, he spoke with authority. He wasn't arrogant or prideful. He just carried himself and presented himself in such a way that it set him apart. I've always imagined that Jesus is one of those people whom you might not see as they entered a room. He never made a grand entrance, but before long you felt his presence. You might not even be aware of it at first, but something subtle. But pretty soon you'd find yourself drawn to him with others as well. Why? Because Jesus' word rang true. His words sprang from the heart and they resonated with power and authority. Not the way we would define power and authority. And not only that, 
Jesus gave them and us something besides just commentary and quotes from the Bible. Jesus gave us something to believe in, to hang on to. You see, words without meaning aren't enough. There has to be something deeper, something at the very core for you to grab onto and hang onto. That's what Jesus gave us. There was an older movie called Secondhand Lions where young Walter's uncle Garth has been spinning amazing adventure stories about his past with him and his other uncle, Hub. He tells about he and Hub were forcibly recruited into the French Foreign Legion and how they fought for their lives and for love in Africa. But Uncle Garth refuses to tell the end of their story to young Walter, especially the part about the love of Hub's life, Jasmine. And he tells young Walter to ask Hub himself. Well, fearful of that much wilder uncle, Walter finally asks his uncle Hub to finish the story. And once it is over, the starry-eyed young boy asks the most important question of all. Young Walter looks at his uncle and says, those stories about Africa, about you, they're true, aren't they? And Hub tells the boy, doesn't matter. But Walter's not buying it. Walter argues, it does too. Around my mom, all I hear is lies. I don't know what to believe. And Hub tells him, if you want to believe in something, believe in it. Just because something ain't true doesn't mean you can't believe in it, he said. Hub tells Walter that he gives a speech to young men, and he wanted to share a bit of that speech with Walter. So he goes on to say, sometimes things that may or may not be true are the things that a man needs to believe in the most, that people are basically good, that honor and courage and virtue mean everything. Power and money, money and power mean nothing. That good triumphs over evil. And Hub's most important admonition is this. He says, that love, true love, never dies. Remember that, boy. Doesn't matter if they're true or not. You see, a man should believe in those things because those things are the things worth believing in. You got that? In a convoluted sort of way, Hub is trying to teach Walter a lesson like Jesus taught, a lesson that is deeper than historical facts. He's talking about virtues being worth our belief, even if others don't believe them to be true. In an age when power and money seem to be a predominant value, honor and virtue and faith are still important. In a time when it appears that evil is overcoming good, we have to believe that good will ultimately triumph over evil or else we lose our hope. The details aren't that important, but values the story of teaching. That is everything. The parables of Jesus were stories designed to teach lessons. We weren't told to go and physically look for the prodigal son. But we did learn a deep lesson about grace and repentance and about how much God loves us. In that sense, 
our response to the story is more important than whether it was historically true. The other thing that was so amazing was that Jesus not only spoke with authority, but he lived what he spoke. The authority of his teaching extended to the authority of his actions. And the day of this incident in our, our reading today, his words were punctuated with an exclamation point of authority and authenticity when he healed the man. He backed up his words with actions. And in a sense, that's the good news. As we look at Jesus' life and ministry, we see that he had authority not only to speak, but he had authority over demons who fell at his feet, trembling in his presence, and fled as soon as he spoke. Jesus had authority over illness, healing thousands of leprosy and every other kind of ailment you can imagine. Jesus has authority over sin, forgiving sins while here on earth, and then taking the punishment for our sins on the cross, and in so doing, vanquish the power of sin over us. Not only that, but Jesus had authority even over death. He raised Lazarus and the widow's son and Jairus' daughter from the dead, and death couldn't hold him either. As a consequence, it no longer holds us. Jesus holds the authority in our lives, not sin, not death. People were amazed by Jesus' teaching because of his authority. And yet, would you define authority as a person who shares love and comfort and peace and humility and sacrifice. If not, why are they given authority? Maybe we need to examine deep in ourselves where we find authority, what we believe in, how we use authority, and who we give authority to. Because if that authority doesn't look like Jesus, it isn't true authority. So let us go deeper and be amazed by Jesus' word, be amazed today by his authority and then be so excited about it that you go out and share it. Amen.